Namaha. Obeisances. Namaha. Obeisances. Te. Unto you. Akila Yagya Tantave. Oh, you know what that means. It's up there. The enjoyer of all sacrifices. The enjoyer of all sacrifices. What does Akila mean? See that sometimes. It kind of means complete. What is that glorification of Lord of Shukadev Goswami? Yaksham Bhutam. Yaksham Bhutam. Anyway, it means like complete. There's some nice verses with that word in there. Stitao. Stitao. For the purpose of maintaining. For the purpose of maintaining. Hita. Hita. Assumed. Amala. Amala. Pure. Pure. Sattva. Sattva. Goodness. Murtaye. Murtaye. Form. Form. Vishya. Vishya. Fortunately. Fortunately. Pataha. Slain. Ayam. This. Jagatam. Jagatam. To the worlds. To the worlds. Aruntudaha. Aruntudaha. Causing torment. Causing torment. Twatpada. Twatpada. To your feet. To your feet. Bhaktya. Bhaktya. With devotion. With devotion. Bayam. Bayam. We. We. Isha. Isha. O Lord. O Lord. Nirvitaha. Having attained happiness. Having attained happiness. Translation by His Divine Grace, you have Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. The demigods address the Lord. All obeisances unto you. You are the enjoyer of all sacrifices, and you have assumed the form of a boar in pure goodness for the purpose of maintaining the world. Fortunately for us, this demon who was a torment to the worlds has been slain by you, and we too, O Lord, are now at ease in devotion to your lotus feet. So please repeat. The demigods address the Lord. The demigods address the Lord. All obeisances unto you. All obeisances unto you. You are the enjoyer of all sacrifices. You are the enjoyer of all sacrifices. And you have assumed the form of a boar. You have assumed the form of a boar. In pure goodness. In pure goodness. For the purpose of maintaining the world. For the purpose of maintaining the world. Fortunately for us. Fortunately for us. This demon. This demon. Who was a torment to the world. Who was a torment to the world. Has been slain by you. Has been slain by you. And we too, O Lord. And we too, O Lord. Are now at ease. Are now at ease. In devotion to your lotus feet. In devotion to your lotus feet. Purport. The material world consists of three modes. Goodness, passion, and ignorance. But the spiritual world is pure goodness. It is said here that the form of the Lord is pure goodness, which means that it is not material. In the material world, there is no pure goodness. In the Bhagavatam, the stage of pure goodness is called Sattvam Vishuddham. Vishuddham means pure. In pure goodness, there is no contamination by the two inferior qualities, namely passion and ignorance. The form of the boar, therefore, in which the Lord appeared is nothing of the material world. There are many other forms of the Lord, but none of them belong to the material qualities. 
Such forms are non-different from the Vishnu form, and Vishnu is the enjoyer of all sacrifices. Hmm? Need one more chair? Oh, you got one. It's right there. Oh, there's not a piece of door Resting at the lotus feet of Shiga Prabhupada. Mm. So such forms are non-different from the Vishnu form, and Vishnu is the enjoyer of all sacrifices. The sacrifices which are recommended in the Vedas are meant to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In ignorance only, people try to satisfy many other agents. But the real purpose of life is to satisfy the Supreme Lord Vishnu. All sacrifices are meant to please the Supreme Lord. The living entities who know this perfectly well are called demigods, godly or almost God. Since the living entity is part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, it is his duty to serve the Lord and please him. The demigods are all attached to the personality of Godhead. And for their pleasure, the demon who was a source of trouble to the world was killed. Purified life is meant to please the Lord. And all sacrifices performed in purified life are called Krishna consciousness. This Krishna consciousness is developed by devotional service, as clearly mentioned here. Om Aikyana Timinam Desha Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuru Miritanyena Tasmai Shri Gurvayana I was born in the darkness of ignorance, I Spiritual master Srila Prabhupada is opening my eyes with a torchlight of knowledge. I offer my obeisance unto him and to all members of Sri Parampara. Deva Uchuhu Namo Namaste Namo Namaste Kila Yagya Tantave Stitao Grihita Malasatta Murtaye Drishyahato Yam Jagatam Muruntudas Tvatpada Bhaktya Vayam Isha Nirvita the demigods address the Lord, all obeisance unto you. You are the enjoyer of all sacrifices, and you have assumed the form of a boar in pure goodness for the purpose of maintaining the world. Fortunately for us, this demon, who is a torment to the world, has been slain by you. We too, O Lord, are now at ease in devotion to your lotus feet. So this is... Uh, higher knowledge about the position of the Supreme Lord here and the, the demigods are of course feeling relief um, I was thinking how we, we hear this often you're, you're the enjoyer of all sacrifices so I was just going to ask why, why would they in this situation why do they bring that up why do the demigods remark on that we hear that point, you know, that the Supreme Lord is the enjoyer of all sacrifices. Why mention that? Anybody have an opinion? 
well, I was thinking about how, you know, our relationship with the Supreme Lord is, you know, you could say the primary important thing in our all of our lives. And um, it's to say you're the enjoyer of all the sacrifices that, you know, defines our position as opposed to the to the Lord, just like uh, sometimes I like to think of the relationship between a person renting an apartment and the, the owner of the apartment. Because I, like I was saying, I lived in San Diego, the beach community, where there's a lot of forgetfulness of the relation, proper relationship between the renter and the owner of the apartment. <laughs> and uh, when the living entity can remember his his position. It's like a child in a family. We're talking also about how perfect this example is of children in a, in a family with their parents. You know, children may, be all, may have a bunch of children, they may be all different ages and, and different levels of maturity, and, and the young ones tend to forget more than the older ones. But as someone becomes more mature and responsible, and his behavior becomes better and better, he he tends to think more of his relationship with his parents and appreciate that relationship. It may not be obvious, but really is getting information from his parents about how to navigate nicely in the world. And uh, the younger the child, the more he's self-interested and doesn't, you know, he forgets. So Sri Prabhupada's told us over and over, you know, the living entity, we come to this world, we tend to forget is that Maya, the, the illusory energy Maya has two functions. What are those? Growing? Covering and covering and throwing, something like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So under covering we forget, and then throwing, how does that work? No, we, we get pushed, <laughs> pushed to do, after our forgetfulness happens, then we're thrown into activities. Which leads to what? Eventually to think nice things like fearfulness and misery. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the demigods are, you know, getting back to their, you know, the basic truth of who they are versus who the Supreme Lord is. They also state that he has assumed a, uh, a form, but that he's in pure goodness. And they are at ease now in devotion at your lotus feet. So um, I was thinking how, you know, there's this um, chapter 15 in the Bhagavad Gita. Talks about. Mm-hmm. What's the title of that chapter? Yoga of the Supreme, Yoga of the Supreme Person, yes. Purushottama. So the demigods here, they're speaking <coughs> directly to Purushottama. Can anybody say what the last two verses say about knowing Purushottama? In this chapter, we talked about them before. Really nice statements. I'll read the first one. Whoever knows me as a Supreme Personality of Godhead without doubting is a knower of everything. See? 
you just come back to this original idea that there's a supreme person. There's a nice verse that talks about Bhagavad Dharma. This Bhagavad Dharma and compares it to other religions. That one I also like. I don't know if I can quote it, but it says uh, um, all other religious processes other than Bhagavad Dharma uh, work on the um, principle of fruit of activities, you and I, mine and yours. But followers of Bhagavad Dharma have no such conception. For them, they think only, I am Krishna, I am yours, and you are mine. This is something about there are other low class religions which are which uh, are contemplated for the uh, gain of mystic powers and for killing one's enemies, even it says there. I forget the last of that. You remember how that goes? Bhagavatam verses. Uh, can't remember where. Um, it's right before the verse it says, uh, talks about um, how um, we become killers of our own soul or something. Oh. Yeah, it's you know, 10, 10, 1, 4. Or 10, no, not that verse. There's another Okay, so uh, Purushottama, back to Purushottama. Whoever knows me as a supreme personality of Godhead, without doubting, is a knower of everything. He therefore engages himself in full devotion and service to me, O son of Bharat. So, you know, we constantly remind each other of these things. This is why we come to Bhagavatam class. I was thinking, you know, these poor guys marching into their work, working on the roof and in the temple room. I did that. You know, like when I was high school working construction jobs and um, many years going to work every day, you know. So I always feel sorry looking at these people. They may be meditating on Lord Jesus or Krishna, I don't know. Maybe their life is perfect in their, their work like that. But I always feel like talking to them a little bit and just like trying to be in a little cheerful mood. And the guy in the temple room, when I went over there to get the drum, he He's in there by himself. Let's talk about the weather a little bit. Oh, nice cool weather, a little rain and everything. But anyway, we're so lucky. Why do we do this? We come here and we talk about these things. And a lot of it is just basic philosophy that we say over and over. Like this, you are the enjoyer of all sacrifices. You have assumed the form of war and pure goodness. And all these things are really deep, actually. I was thinking memory how that Somehow I heard that the British got a hold of the Srimad Bhagavatam during the period of the, you know, the British Raj in India. And they were trying to belittle the Indian culture, of course, in so many ways. They tried to stomp it out. And from what I hear, they came with such a superior attitude. You know, the, the, uh, the Western Europeans could go all over the world and they had, had such an attitude and a superior you know, demeanor and everything that they could just defeat people just by walking in and showing that. And that's what they pretty much did in India. Even though the Indians had this amazing deep philosophy that no, hardly anyone else knows about, it sustains their lives. 
and uh, what do they have sustaining the lives of these British guys just to go all over the world and you know take whatever they can and try to run off back to their country with it and keep it for themselves and that's that sustains their lives but um, I heard that some Britishers read the Srimad Bhagavatam and they could tell the superior nature of the knowledge that was in the Bhagavatam. Does anybody hear about that? And what, what happened after that? Did they, did they still try to put down the Bhagavatam somehow? I don't know. I can't remember the whole story. Well, they had to go along with the party line. There was a few that saw huh. that, but they just had to go. The, whole, the philosophy was just to belittle it and to... Yeah. And then also some like that one official who worked got the chance to work with Bhaktivinoda Thakur and you know he, when some of them saw that you know a real superior person like this but we can't you know if this is the kind of person they they can put in leadership in India where there's nothing we can you know we have nothing like that <laughs> and so they apologized they got, after many years he went and apologized for things that he had done. You know, even behind his back, even though he was a friend of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's. So this uh, verse we're reading now, it says, You are the enjoyer of all sacrifices. Does this remind you of any verse in the first canto series of verses? Yeah, it's 1, 2, 29. Ooh! 28, 29. Amazing! Okay. So now I quote the verses. <laughs> you could almost... Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Want to keep going? Yeah, Vasudeva. 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 Yeah, Vasudeva. Yeah. It's really a lot of bats. Every line starts with Vasudeva. Vasudeparam Gyanam Vasudeparam Tapaha Vasudevaparo Dharmo Vasudeva Paragatihi. This is Sutta to the Sages. In the revealed scriptures, the ultimate object of knowledge is Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead. The purpose of performing sacrifice is to please Him. Yoga is for realizing Him. All fruitive activities are ultimately rewarded by Him only. He is supreme knowledge, and all severe austerities are performed to know him. Religion, dharma, is rendering loving service unto him. He is the supreme goal of lives. I think that's the last, yeah. Yeah. That's the last two verses in the chapter. Oh. 28, 29. Oh, well, there's 30 here. No, it goes on. Oh, it goes, okay. Divinity and divine service goes over there. Yeah, a few more verses. Sri Prabhupada says that that Sri Krishna, the personality of God, is the only object of worship, is is confirmed in these two shlokas. In the Vedic literature, there is the same objective at establishing one's relationship and ultimately reviving our lost loving service. I read that wrong. In the Vedic literature, there is the same objective, establishing one's relationship and ultimately re reviving our lost loving service unto him. 
That is the sum and substance of the Vedas. In the Bhagavad Gita, the same theory is confirmed by the Lord in his own words. The ultimate purpose of the Vedas is to know him only. And so on. So, uh, Yoga of the Supreme Person, the last verse says, this is the most confidential part of the Vedic literature. The Vedic scriptures of sinless one is now disclosed by, now by me. Whoever understands this will become wise and his endeavors will know perfection. I was reading the purport and it says, uh, the last paragraph here is kind of a telling thing for us to think about. It says, While one is performing devotional service in the association of pure devotees in full Krishna consciousness, there are certain things which require to be vanquished altogether. The most important thing that one has to surmount is, anybody remember? Weakness, weakness of heart. Of yes. is the weakness of heart hmm. paragraph here. This is the so first... What does that mean, weakness of heart? Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's right. You're tempted by Maya. You know better, but still. So it says the first fall down is caused by uh, attraction of material energy. Yeah, desire to lord it over yeah. material energy. Thus, one gives up the transcendental service of the Supreme Lord. The second weakness of the heart is that as one increases the propensity to lord it over material nature, he becomes attached to matter and the possession of matter. The problems of material existence are due to these weaknesses of the heart. In this chapter, the first five verses describe the process of freeing oneself from these weaknesses of the heart. And the rest of the chapter, from the sixth verse through the end, discusses Purushottama Yoga. Those first five verses of chapter 15, remember what those are? Comparing the... the to, yeah. And then Yurana Moha is number five. Mm-hmm. Comparing the, the, uh, this world to an inverted banyan tree. And, uh, you know, we're, we're lost in this banyan tree always wondered, are we upside down also in the banyan tree? Because <laughs> we sure seem to be. You know, I was just reading, oh, I don't know if I should even bring this up, what time is it? Another case of the Catholic priest being, you know, exposed for terrible things. This is in Guam, I just read yesterday. There's a huge amount of abuse. And the Guamanian people, Guam is, you may know where that is? Yeah. It's out near Japan. It's almost like yes. on the level of Hawaii, but it's way out there. And it's U.S. territory. We used it in the World War II. It was like a perfect little takeoff to fight in the Philippines and Japan. So the Catholic Church has been out there for quite a while, and the priests that have gone out there have just, you know, total impunity, you know, in use of kids. And it sounds like their excuse is that uh, 
the priesthood is such a lonely life. <laughs> you know. But they were just like children. They, because they, they figured out that the, the people and the little kids in these families were absolutely afraid to go against the priest or to speak against them. So for years, it just unbelievable things went on. They would take groups of kids and the things were seen like openly by other kids. They would walk in and see things. They saw them like filming things, taking pictures and doing all these things and they had things done to them and they were afraid to speak. There was a testimony by this one gentleman. He's, he doesn't look Guamanian or, or Pacific Islander. He looks like this Caucasian American guy. Big guy, had a a uh, career in the military, big, strong, good-looking, handsome guy. But he had this kind of troubled look on his face, and you know, he he's finally come out after all these years because he realized nobody's talking about it. You know, nobody's finally finally the ball's rolling, of course. But um, so you see pictures of the priests, and you hear the stories, and you it's just amazing. And uh, so the priests theoretically know better. They talking about God all the time, reaching to their parishioners and having services every day, leading Mass and, you know, going up. What do they do with the, the hat on and the shake the... What's that thing called where they have smoke? No, it's, they, it's, it's incense. Incense? It's incense. Frankincense. Yeah. So... So the weakness of heart is, you know so powerful but on the other hand somehow or another how is I going to get to that well there's another place in the Bhagavatam which explains how uh, how things really work in our favor once once we admit this relationship with the supreme person that even a foolish person can be almost immediately purified by the process of devotional service. And then if one comes in contact with a pure devotee, that if you just practice, you know, what is taught by the pure devotee, then almost immediately you become purified. And your life, you know, you become free from fear. Actually, the the process of taking shelter of the material energy just leads to all kinds of fear in all kinds of ways. And uh, I've felt, felt that, and just to be tangled up in so many miseries. Anyway, the, the, the old gangers are speaking to um, King Nimi. And actually, the, the story starts with Narad Muni speaking to Vasudev. Vasudev is kind of talking to Narada Muni. This is, they're in Dwarka. So apparently Narada Muni spent a lot of time because he wanted to be close to Krishna, Vasudev. And the father Vasudev came to Narada Muni at one point and said, you know, I forgot to ask Krishna for liberation. I was praying for so many years and doing austerities to get a child like him. But actually he's the giver of liberation. But I forgot to ask for that. So what should I, you know, what is the process? For being liberated from this material entanglement. And so he tells him this story about the Yogendras speaking to this king. And the king asks him, how can even a foolish person be liberated from entanglement? And 
given fearlessness. Um, so there's a lot of nice statements in, in that, in a series of verses by the Yogendras. And the advice is that, um, for one, the process is described by the Supreme Person himself. It's not like it's a secret. It's given. And two, even foolish persons can easily achieve perfect self-realization. Number three, no one will ever stumble or fall, even running with both eyes closed, once they have adopted the process of devotional service, surrender to the Supreme Person. And specifically, whatever one does with the body, mind, words, intelligence, consciousness, senses, and natural proclivities, all should be offered to the Lord, is the advice of the Yogendra too. King Nimi, you just asked that nice question. And another point is, those adverse to surrendering to the Supreme Lord come under the sway of Maya, and they become greatly fearful. Um, then they give the advice, there's that Tasmai Darun Prapadyata verse in that series. Therefore, one who's actually serious about real happiness is surrender to the to a bona fide guru anybody have any I'm kind of getting to the rambling on point does anybody have any comments so far yes one should not test this statement about running with the eyes closed <laughs> especially when driving a car <laughs> Thanks, dear Oji. There's a text 12 in here where Prabhupada makes an interesting statement that I wanted to... This, this Yogendra is explaining pure devotional service to, the, to King Nimi. He says, text 12, pure devotional service rendered to the Supreme Lord is spiritually so potent that simply by hearing about such transcendental service, by chanting its glories in response, by meditating on it, by respectfully and faithfully accepting it, or by praising the devotional service of others. Even persons who hate the demigods and all other living beings can be immediately purified. Srila Prabhupada says, uh, well, it says, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur has commented that the word Sad Dharma refers to Bhagavad Dharma. This is also confirmed by Sridhar Swami. Bhagavad Dharma is spiritually so powerful that even though those who are by worldly standards are implicated in various ways in sinful behavior can easily be purified by adopting any of the processes mentioned in this verse. In the practice of, practice of ordinary piety, one worships God with the expectation of receiving something in return for one's service. Similarly, the impersonalist aspires for his own liberation, wishfully thinking that he will become equal to God. In Bhagavad Dharma, however, there is no such impurity. Bhagavad Dharma is devotional service to the Lord, in which the only objective is the satisfaction of the Lord. If one rejects this process and instead wants to hear about, teach, or meditate upon other processes, the chance for immediate purification is lost. About that was, huh? Eleventh. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, that's right. 
Shoot a prop, I'd go a little bit. No, he stopped it. Well, it's, if it's consistent with Prabhupada's teachings, it's fine. Yeah, it almost sounds like. Shiva, you can't hardly, I couldn't. Sometimes, you know, you can sort of tell maybe a little Vidya Nandamaraj in there a little bit. He has a very wordy intellectual style. Yeah. <laughs> it's consistent, you can accept it. Um, I have a comment. Mm-hmm. You know, when you were mentioned about the Catholic Church, I mean, <laughs> we have a history too. So mm-hmm. if when we bring that stuff up, we better be prepared to discuss our own abuse of women and children. Lest we uh, come off holier than thou in denial, etc., etc. Yes. I mean, anybody that reads about these things should 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 think a little bit how this, you know, relates to life in general. It's not just specific to the Catholic Church. It's, no, specific to Islam too. <laughs> it's not just specific to Islam either. It's in Siddhartha. It's in uh, Buddhism. <laughs> Mahanam, which is the Vajrayana. It's the whole planet. Look at, look at the crime map of Tucson. What? Look at the crime map of Tucson. Crime map? Yeah. Mm. What's going on everywhere? TucsonCrime.com was very <laughs> telling. But not just Tucson. Oh. Look at the neighborhood. Look at the United States. Look at the world. Look at the everywhere. Yeah. Even one of the new houses in Pepper Viner already got robbed. Wow. Really? So anyway, the answer to all misery of life, devotional service, and the demigods here, you know, for our benefit, edification, stating the, you know, the basis of spiritual science. The Lord is the enjoyer of all sacrifices. He has a form of pure goodness. Where does Krishna, anybody quote the verse where Krishna himself states in this Bhagavad Gita that he's, he always exists in his own prakriti. He incarnates in... Four, eight? Yeah, close. I think it's six, but anyway, with the verse. Yeah. Son of Yadma. Although I'm unborn, <laughs> my body never deteriorates. I still appear in every millennium. Original transcendental form. Mm-hmm. Tyler, Jeffrey Tyler's calling. <laughs> oh. Tell him to turn the water on. Water soft. Yeah. Oh, it's hot. So good. He's here. Okay, I'll read the verse one more time. About seven minutes till, and anybody has any other comments? The demigods address the Lord, all obeisances unto you. You are the enjoyer of all sacrifices, and you have assumed the form of a boar in pure goodness for the purpose of maintaining the world. Fortunately for us, this demon, who was a torment to the world, has been slain by you, and we too, O Lord, are now at ease. In devotion to your lotus feet. And that is who? Who's saying that? The demigods. Just after Lord Brahma spoke. This is immediately almost after the the demon was killed Mm -hmm. here in Yaksha.
You know, I, I was gone when uh, Aranyaksha was killed. The Lord hit, hit him with his fore hoof mm -hmm. in the he ear. Slapped him. Yeah. Slapped him in the ear. The root of his ear. Uh -huh. ear was thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> can it, does it say kind of indifferently or nonchalantly? Does it say nonchalantly? I think it says something like that. Some, some <laughs> description. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, you were talking about how they always mention the enjoyer of all sacrifices. Did you say why, why they mention that so much? Um, well, I was thinking personally that, you know, Srila Prabhupada tells us a lot that our, our, uh, it's just basic science of the 